Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So this is set. It's a it's a work in progress. Can you see all the way in the back? Like you're like, oh wow, Matthew's got his name in the title. It's so exciting. Like is everything like? And then, but like, look, they've got cowboys. They've got stupid cowboys in the back. Everyone knows I'm a Washington Commanders fan. This is awful. It's awful. We will change the set. As they say, it is 5 o'clock somewhere, Jay Croucher. I am Matthew Berry. Welcome to the episode two of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour right here on uh, Peacock, the NFL on NBC YouTube channel, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, all right. So, after the show, I made a big deal. A lot of housekeeping to get to, and we've got a lot, a lot of news to dive into, uh, Jay. But uh, for those of you watching at home, I made a big deal, as you just heard on uh, the clip from yesterday. made a big deal about the fact that they had a Cowboys, the effing Cowboys, <laughs> picture on there the so I complained about it so I thought and I talked about how I'm a Washington Commanders fan right yeah. I'm a you know hail the Commanders hail victory <laughs> so what I thought they would do is they'd get me a Commanders you know picture like or you know whatever glory days like mm. little Art Monk little Joe Theismann maybe mm. maybe some Daryl Green yeah you know something like that and what we got was <laughs> we got can you see in the back it's Franco Harris <laughs> now listen everyone Commander's loves Franco legend. yeah yeah Commanders <laughs> legend Franco Harris like it's like we're sort of close <laughs> But not exactly. But I did. I don't know if you can see this. If we can take a shot uh, behind me. I did bring in some of my jerseys. Right? So uh, uh, I, I have an old school Cooper Cup. My little Cooper Cup, of course. He doesn't wear 18 anymore. But old school. I got a little Terry McLaurin. One of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, way in the back is a, uh, is a Darren Waller. Of course. Everyone knows I love Waller. And a, and a Jason Campbell jersey i have i went through all my jerseys to bring them in to try to help fill out thing. the set yeah right and we got more coming where it's a work in progress but uh jay what i would tell you is, is that um it was so sad mm. going through all my jerseys <laughs> like i have a skip hicks jersey uh, and you're like who's skip hicks yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah i've never heard of that he was man. a he was a washington running back for like a year from ucla like anyway like i have a donna McNabb jersey like <sighs> all these quarterbacks of washington passed yes <laughs> It's amazing Sadness. that Pennington, Pennington's still there. He lives yeah. to fight for day two. Chad yeah, Pennington. Chad Pennington will never die. No, like, I mean, he's unkillable. Always, you understand the, the man that runs this show, <laughs> for some reason, is a diehard Chad Pennington fan. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, well, I think, I think fans are suddenly figuring out, like, oh, that makes sense. So the guy that's a Pennington fan mm. is the guy that decided to put Barry on TV. <laughs> like, he just clearly has terrible taste from top to bottom. <sighs> There that you makes go. Sense. All right, Roto World headlines now. Um, let's start here. Topic number one, and the Raiders have done what fantasy managers did like a year and a half ago, and that's <laughs> released Kenyon Drake. Yeah. Or at least that's the news. the The expectation is is that Kenyon Drake, who signed some insane deal, mm. I believe it was two years, two billion dollars. Yeah. About that. That's, that's what it seemed like. Um, uh, the Raiders front office is. <laughs> it's been a bad uh, run here for the Raiders front office. But anyway. The question is here, who does this benefit more, Josh Jacobs or Zamir White? And I actually don't think it's either of those guys. No. I actually think it's Amir Abdullah because okay. Kenyon Drake was the passing down back. And Amir Abdullah, to me, 
is going to be the James White role in this Josh McDaniels yep. benefit. I think. What that is makes your sense. take on this Raiders backfield? Yeah, well, firstly, my take is that it's largely just a mess and you can't really feel good about anything. And I'd be worried about, you know, we think about Devontae Adams taking targets away from, you know, Darren Waller or Renfro. I think it really hurts someone like Josh Jacobs, who had 65 targets last season. He's not going to get that Correct. nearly as much. And so it hurts him. Yeah, Abdullah, later on, that's fine, I think. Zamir White, we just don't really know what his role is going to be. And then, yeah, everything just kind of... It's not looking great for Josh Jacobs. All the stuff swirling around him. I wouldn't be confident that he's going to have a massive role in this offense. I would agree with that. Look, I, I really like Zamir White as kind of a late-round running back flyer. And coming up next segment, you and I are going to do running back Keno, mm. which apparently is a thing. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just go with me here. My, you know what's interesting is, is that, so like, we're not allowed to, we're waiting for a beer sponsor or an alcohol sponsor, so we're in the Red Solo Cups right now. But the truth is, is that what the producers do before the show when they're setting up the set mm. is they, you know, throw a few back. And so anyway, apparently running back Keno is a thing. Yeah. So what do you think of Abdullah? Where is he going to go? So my, my, but my take is, think about this, right? Under Josh McDaniels in New England, James White from 2015 to 2020, the number one running back in terms of total receptions and total receiving yards among running backs, okay? So, Amir Abdullah is a nice pass-catching running back, and he's fast, and we saw that in the hall. He's going to be that role. Yep. To me, Zamir White is a backup to Josh Jacobs, and I think that I I'm super nervous about Josh Jacobs. I think your point is excellent, which is Josh Jacobs is basically volume and yep. touchdown dependent. Last year, he got the volume because he got a lot of carries, and he also was used finally in the passing game. Hmm. That's not going to happen with Amir Abdullah. That's not going to happen with Zamir White. Think about Josh McDaniels under the Patriots regime. He's a multiple running back guy. Yep. Like, every year that Josh Jacobs has been in the NFL, he's gotten at least 260 touches. The last running back to get over 260 touches under Josh McDaniels was LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, yeah. I, like, you know, almost a decade ago. I, I just I'm, – I'm so out on Josh Jacobs. My love-hate article comes out on Thursday hmm. – Big surprise. Josh Jacobs is going to be on it. But I think Zamir White is sort of the insurance to Josh Jacobs. Amir Abdullah is going to have a role for those that are in deeper PPR leagues. I think the thing with Abdullah as well is that they're going to be throwing a lot. Because they play in yep. the AFC West. And right. they're the worst team in the AFC West. So they're going to be going up against the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Broncos. And they're probably not going to be in front the whole game. So there's going to be a lot of room for that James White type. Yeah, no, they like... I mean, and I think, I think if you were paying attention to what the Raiders have done in the preseason... You know, kind of I should be up. And I get it because Amir Abdullah's sort of been around. He's kind of kicked around the league. Uh, but week 14 on last season, people would be shocked about this. Amir Abdullah for the Carolina Panthers was ranked first in total targets among running backs with the Panthers. He had 29 targets in five games. He also had the second most receiving yards among running backs. James Conner had a little bit more. But Amir Abdullah is a good player. And it's clear that the Raiders have found a fit for him. Josh McDaniels has no loyalty to Kenyon Drake. We will see where Kenyon Drake lands. And I don't think Kenyon Drake has any standalone fantasy value, Jay. No. To me, the concern here is where does he land and does he take fantasy value away from somebody that might have it? Like, I'm making it up here. Like, I have no inside information. But, like, does he go to Atlanta? Yep. And suddenly people that think Tyler Algier might, you know, sneak uh, cut into Cordero Patterson's production, yep. does he suddenly muck up that situation from a fantasy point of view? So I think it'll be interesting to see where Kenyon Drake goes. Um, but... Uh, yeah, this is uh, – I just remember when Kenyon Drake signed with the Raiders and literally everyone was saying, this makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Why are you guys doing it? Why are you guys spending these, this money here? Yeah. And, and finally, the Raiders um, kind of waved the white flag and said, yeah, you guys were right. 
One of those ones that just never had a good moment. The Kenyon Drake deal, the Kenyon Drake no. era in Las Vegas. Started low, got lower, and then done. Already. He had that one when he came over from Miami to the Cardinals. Mm. He had that second half of the yes. season where he was fantasy. Won some fantasy he, leagues. He won a bunch of fantasy leagues, and that's it yeah. for Ken, Kenyon Drake. Um, a guy that has won a lot of people, a lot of money in fantasy leagues and online is Michael Thomas. Back on the injury report, hamstring injury. Are we like, is this just like, uh, the guy can't stay healthy. Are we throwing it up? Or are we just like, you know what? It's all right. We can deal with this here. He's currently going as wide receiver 28th on Yahoo. Where are you on Michael Thomas? Not in the good place. I think okay. he's, he's at the point now. What does that what? look like when you're in a good place, Jay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A bad is place. That, what is, a, what is a good place for you, Jay? Is it like, are you... <laughs> Are you like in a in a in a cave, uh, <laughs> listening to men at work eating Vegemite? Yeah, that's exactly R- is right. Is that what it is? That's what me and every Australian on think, the planet is, does. Right, exactly. Men at right. work in a cave. Right, yeah. in a cave. Yeah. I was trying, watch, watching, watching Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile Dundee, and Dundee. Yeah. yeah, I was just trying to go through every possible Australian yeah. stereotype. Practicing uh, my Hugh Jackman accent impression. There yeah. you go. No, look, I think with Thomas. I met Hugh Jackman once, by the way. Oh, really? Was he a nice guy? Lovely. He seems lovely. He was the lovely. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to tell this story very quickly. I'm sorry to derail the, the segment, but I have to do this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my wife and I get get invited to some Super Bowl party. And it's like mm. this, you know, hoity-toity fan Super Bowl party. And so we walk, we walk in, and this is like our third party of the night. So mm. my wife has had a few. Okay. <laughs> my wife is like would be perfect here on happy hour. Mm. So we walk in, and we I see Hugh Jackman in the yeah. corner. I'm like, you know, it's like it's kind of cool, right? Yeah. And I just like I'm like. Hugh Jackman, like, yeah. that's pretty cool, Wolverine, you know, like whatever. And so, and so we were meeting some friends, so I see my friends, so I'm like, hey, oh, they're over there. And so I walk over there to see them, and I'm inter- they ha- one of them hadn't met Beth, and so I'm like, hey, this is my wife, Beth. Beth is like, Beth? And I look over, and there's my drunk wife making a beeline to Hugh Jackman. And I'm like, oh, God. And, and so people listening at home can't see this, but I'm, I'm basically poking Jay in the chest, and she- I see her just walk right up to Hugh Jackman and just be like, I forget your name, but I know you're a Wolverine and my kids love you. That's great. And I am like, well, I am horrified. Yeah. Like, I am heart, like, yeah. you know, he's like, you know, he's, he's at the height of his fame. Mm. And so, uh, anyway, Hugh Jackman, and I will never forget this, Hugh Jackman goes, turns to her, puts on the million-dollar smile, and just says, well, thank your kids for me. I'm Hugh. <laughs> and, hands, and, and sticks out his hand to shake her hand. Lovely guy. Unloveliest guy ever. And then... He was just like, how old are your kids? And, you know, my wife's like, blah, blah, blah. We have a 10-year-old. He's like, oh, we have a 10-year-old. And then we spent like 10 minutes talking to Hugh and his wife about their kids and our kids. Could not be lovelier people. I've, I mean, unbelievable. Like, massive Hugh Jackman fan. All right. So they want us to move on to the Packers. We didn't even really get into Michael Thomas. Very quickly, yeah. I don't think you can do anything. Right now, again, wide receiver 28. I think the upside is worth it at that. He's going basically in the seventh round. Yep. I don't mind a flyer on Michael Thomas, given the upside. Yes, there are injury concerns here, but it's a different injury. I'm actually – let's get some more news, yep. but I don't mind him as a wide receiver four flyer, which is basically where he's going. Yeah, Chris Olave is the guy who benefits from this. All the Thomas uncertainty, Olave up, Landry up to a lesser degree, I think, but Olave could be more of the guy. If I'm throwing a dart at the Saints pass catchers not named Michael Thomas and mm. we're throwing Kamara out, we're not counting him, yep. I agree with you, Olave over Landry all day, every day. Yep. Um, Okay, we did get some clarity from the Packers as Green Bay head coach Matt LaFleur yesterday was asked how important pass protection will be for the third running back on the roster. Let's take a listen. All of that's important. Um, Certainly, you know, we feel the the top two guys that we have, 1A and 1A, um, they're, they're, they're two of the premier backs in our league, in my opinion. 
they can they can do anything. Um, but no, the third back, I think pass protection is a huge part of it in case you get into a bind in a game and you need them to go spell on a third down. Um, it's absolutely critical. So all of that plays an important part to it. I have a theory. Hmm. So Matt LaFleur is saying 1A, 1A, right? And I think everyone that's drafted Aaron Jones is just like, uh, what? Yeah. And everyone that drafted A.J. Dillon is like, woohoo. <laughs> um, I have a theory here. Here's my theory. I actually think both guys are being undervalued. Okay. I do think the gap between them, Aaron Jones is basically going top of the second round on Yahoo. Uh, A.J. Dillon is going, you know, in like basically late, late fifth, early sixth. Somewhere in there, kind of in, in the uh, around that fifth, sixth turn, I actually think both guys are undervalued. Okay. I did my hundred facts column on uh, for RotoWorld.com, NBCSportsEdge.com. Of course, I'm a company man, uh, but get this: in games under Matt Lafleur, hmm. in games in which Devontae Adams did not play, Aaron Jones almost 20 touches a game, averaged almost a 20% target share. Yep. Okay, 25.7 fantasy points per game when Devontae Adams did not play, that would have been the number one running back in fantasy last year. Mm. So I actually think Aaron Jones can be a big part of this passing game uh, and a big part of this Green Bay offense going forward. So I think he's slightly undervalued. Okay? Uh, I also think, and I have him slightly higher in the overall ranks uh, than, than where he's going on Yahoo. However, A.J. Dillon last year, more rushing touchdowns than Aaron Jones, 41% of his fantasy points uh, last year came from receiving. Everyone sees, like, he sees, the, you know, this guy, this massive guy, the quad father, right? You know, and he's got these huge legs, and they're like, oh, well, that guy can't catch passes. Yes, he can. Yep. Look at your screen. If you're watching this uh, uh, here on, on, uh, on Peacock or YouTube, right, 34 receptions last year. Almost, they both had over 300 receiving yards, 391 for Jones, 313 for A.J. Dillon. Jones missed a couple of games here, but um, they are more close than you think. And I, I believe Matt LaFleur when he says 1A and 1A. Like, yep. with, without Devontae Adams, it's going to be a more balanced offense, and they want to run the ball. So I actually think A.J. Dillon, who I have at running back 22 and 43rd overall, again, higher than the consensus. Yep. Newsflash, when love-hate comes out, <laughs> guess who's going to be on the yeah. love list? I think the thing is, is that rushing-wise, the stats are almost eerily similar. 803 yards to 799 yeah. on the ground, 5 TDs to 4 TDs. But the thing that is a little bit misleading, I guess, is that the receiving yards look relatively close as well. 391 v313. Yeah. That doesn't nearly reflect the gap in targets. Aaron Jones Correct. had almost twice as many sure. targets. And when we talk about, you know, we're trying to figure out all the receivers who are going to benefit from Devontae Adams not being there. Aaron Jones is the receiver who might benefit the most because he's explosive, he's going to see more targets, and that gives him the upside to yeah, potentially exceed his ADP value. I would argue, though, I, I think 100%, like if you're saying, like, give me the guy that's going to have the most receiving points of mm. this backfield, Aaron Jones is clearly the answer. Yep. But I think they learned to trust A.J. Dillon as a pass catcher. It wasn't something that he did a lot of at Boston College, and so he caught 34 or 37 targets last year, and I think he earned Aaron Rodgers' trust last year, oh, you can be viable in the passing game. And I think because it's basically Alan Lazard, you know, some rookies, yeah. the ghost of Sammy Watkins, yeah. Randall the, Cobb. the ghost of Randall Cobb. <laughs> a lot of ghosts. Like, and, right, exactly. It was spooky in Green Bay. I just, I, I think they're, they're going to have no choice yep. but to use A.J. Dillon in the passing game. So I actually think his passing game usage goes up. We agree that uh, there. So I do think I think it's factual that both guys could be overrated, uh, underrated, I should say. Both guys are being underdrafted, undervalued.
Um, speaking of the receivers, mm. Aaron Rodgers, never one to shy away from a microphone, yes. was asked about his confidence <laughs> in his receivers. And I think this is interesting because i got to tell you, Rodgers, when it comes to football, mm. not talking about anything else, but when it comes to football, he tends not to mess around with the media. He's usually fairly honest. Let's take a listen. I feel good about the veterans that we have in the room. You know, I thought Randall had one of his better practices at camp today. Sammy had two great practices last week against the Saints. Uh, Allen's been very consistent for us. It's just that next group of guys, you know, who's going to step up and and get playing time um, out of that next group of three. Dobbs done a lot of really nice things, but I think the standard for him is not going to be maybe the standard for, for a normal rookie that we've had here in the past, especially in the past, I don't know, four or five years. Um, you know, because he's going to be expected to play uh, based on his performance so far in camp. So we got to hold him to uh, to a standard that I know he's capable of reaching. Be held to a standard. Mm. He's going to be expected to play based on how he's doing in camp. Like, he's a trendy sleeper, Jay. Yeah. Look, I think most of the stuff that comes out of preseason, like George Pickens doing really cool stuff in the end zone, guarded by a chair, like it doesn't really matter, and you're just trying to project forward, but... Some of the stuff that's coming out about Dobbs, some of the quotes, they make you kind of do a second take. And it's not even so much that one. It was three weeks ago, Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't give out praise easily. Especially not to rookies. Was comparing him to, he was saying he was doing things that we haven't seen from guys. The only guys we've seen are like the top 10 receivers in Packers history. And Aaron Rodgers is saying that in training camp about a fourth round pick. And I think they're just going to have to live with the drops and live through Dobbs' rookie pain because he's got ability and talent that, you know, these other guys don't, that Randall Cobb doesn't have, that Sammy Watkins doesn't have. So a graphic is being shown on the screen for people listening at home that's showing the most receiving yards by a rookie with Aaron Rodgers. And, Not right. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling in 2018 is the leader there with 584. But again, they've never been in a situation like they are now, where there isn't a Jordy Nelson, there isn't a Devontae Adams, there isn't a Randall Cobb at the height of his powers, right? Greg Jennings. Right, Greg Jennings, exactly. They they got Alan Lazard. By the way, I still think Alan Lazard is an amazing value. Mm. So, I mean, Alan Lazard is, everyone's like, we're all excited about Romeo Dobbs. Alan Lazard is going to be the leading receiver and is an amazing value in in fantasy drafts. But I do think Romeo Dobbs, who was a fourth-round pick but probably should have gone in the second or third, you know, there's a couple of reasons that he fell that have nothing to do with football. He's caught a touchdown pass each of the first two preseason games. I agree with you that often you want to, like, sort of ignore preseason hype. But in this particular case, I think it's justified. Aaron Rodgers can make a lot of normal wide receivers look really, really good. Yeah, and the thing as well with Dobbs is looking at all these rookie wide receivers, like, just look at what what is their ceiling. No one has the ceiling outside of Dobbs to be the number one receiver for an elite quarterback. Like these are like Chris Olavo, Jameis yep. Winston, Garrett Wilson with Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco. Like Dobbs can be the number one guy. So he's really interesting. Another guy who's really interesting, Isaiah Likely, speaking yeah. of rookies. He lit up the world. He set Twitter a buzz, uh, eight receptions, 100 yards and a touchdown in the first half against Arizona. Are you buying into Isaiah Likely? Uh, I am. Mm. I am. So understand a couple of things. First off, you think about the Ravens situation here, um, uh, which is they've got Mark Andrews, they've got Rashad Bateman, mm. and then they've got, you know, me and you. you, me and you. Yeah. I mean, basically, I yeah. mean, Devin DuVernay. Like, I mean, they got guys <laughs> where you're yeah. just sort of like, you know, just they don't have a lot there that makes you feel confident, except for Isaiah Likely, who so far in the preseason, you know, you think about that Arizona game, eight for 100 and a touchdown, uh, the Athletic, which does a really good job of covering them, 
uh, had this quote about Isaiah Likely. They were talking about him. Wise to keep expectations in check, but Likely will have a significant role in the offense. He's shown he's ready for it. Also, um, uh, Jameson Hensley, who covers the team for ESPN, also talked about the fact the expectation is, is that he will be, Isaiah Likely, will be the third uh, pass-catching option in this offense after Andrews and Bateman. Remember, the Ravens run a ton of 12 personnel. Yep. They love to have two tight ends on the field. Obviously, Andrews is, you know, Andrews isn't going to block, so you're going to need Likely to block. But this is a big athletic target there. Uh, I mean, again, James Proche. I mean, like, I mean, like, I mean, this is last year's receiving leader, Sammy Watkins. I mean, they don't have like a a ton there. Um, uh, you I know, think, I think the thing with Likely as well is that people kind of write him off in their head just because they think that okay, he's a tight end. Mark Andrews is a tight end. Mark Andrews is the best tight end in football, just about and thus likely has no ceiling. But I think we need to think about Isaiah Likely as a wide receiver three instead of a yeah. tight end two because yeah. that's the way they play. Lamar passed more than ever last season. He's going to clear 4,000 passing yards easily. He gets better as a pocket passer every season, and so there will be opportunity for Likely. As we just roll up real quickly while we're talking about the Ravens' passing game, Demarcus Robinson, also you know former Kansas City Chief, he signed there. We'll see if he carves out a significant role. Oh, you know, made some splash plays, but, you know, he was in the in the Kansas City offense. I do believe in likely, and just for whatever it's worth, literally an hour before I got on air, I'm in a deep, crazy dynasty league mm. with a bunch of other fantasy experts. I've talked about it on, on my other show before. The Shout out to the Scott Barrett DFB League. Um, and I bid all of my free agent mm. budget on Isaiah. We had our first post-rookie draft and likely didn't get drafted. We had our first post-rookie draft free agent period. It's a tight end premium league. You got a point and a half per reception for tight ends. I spent all of my budget on Isaiah Likely, just to give you an idea of how much I uh, I believe in the kid. I like it. Saturday he was two hundred to one to an offensive rookie of the year. Now he's seventy five to one. I'm sure. I mean, yeah. seventy five. So to one. Uh, so the market certainly believes in yep. Isaiah Likely as well. How likely will he be? I'm looking forward to all yeah, the bad puns. All real. the bad puns. Ravens likely to win thanks to Isaiah. Like all those Very awful, awful uh, headlines. Speaking of crazy contracts, like we were talking about with Kenyon Drake. I think there were a lot of eyes that were open when Christian Kirk went to the Jaguars for, I think, $84 million. Then, then the, the, you know, we kept hearing more and more crazy. And we're like, oh, actually, the Jaguars might have gotten a bargain here. Mm-hmm. Eight targets, five receptions, 54 yards in the first half against the Steelers this past weekend. Is Christian Kirk like a sneaky target monster this year? He's a guy, by the way, that is going super late in drafts. Yep. Definitely. And I know it's your favorite thing, but yeah. like you've got to follow the money with this one. Yeah. They paid him everything, and he's like the perfect guy for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think that that receiving room overall is going to be significantly upgraded because of Kirk. And yeah, I, I don't really understand why he's going as late as he is when you think about all the targets he's going to get. He's going as wide receiver 41, 101st overall on Yahoo. I'm at 81 overall, wide receiver 38, so a little bit um, uh, obviously higher than the consensus. Uh, on Yahoo significantly. Again, he had eight targets. The rest of the Jaguars starting wide receivers had eight targets. Hmm. I mean, like, he got he had a 33% target share. He was targeted on eight of 24 passes in the first half against the Steelers. A 33% target share. Again, $72 million is what he was signed here. And so you see here on your screen, if you can say, like, it's Zay Jones, it's Marvin Jones Jr., LaVisca Chenault, we'll keep waiting for him, Small Agnew, Laquan Treadwell, a lot of guys that have had some moments, you know, ETN out of the backfield is going to get his. Dan Arnold, Evan Ingram at the tight end position. But I don't think there's any doubt of these two st- uh, these two facts. 
Christian Kirk is going to lead this team in targets, yep. and this team is going to throw a ton. Yep. They're going to have to because their defense and because they're the offensive philosophy of their head coach, Doug Peterson, a former NFL quarterback, a former Andy Reid disciple, a former Super Bowl winning quarterback uh, coach yep. himself who coached great fantasy seasons out of Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Yep. Love Trevor Lawrence, think he's underrated, and I think Christian Kirk, again, going outside the top 100 on Yahoo, is actually a value. Yeah, and all the guys on that list, guys like Zay Jones, like these aren't intimidating names. They're not going to be able to take away from Christian Kirk. So, yeah, I really like Christian Kirk. Yeah. Another guy that's, uh, who's rising up is Josh Palmer. Mm. But we're out of time. We can't talk about <laughs> it. So, but luckily, you guys got a Hugh Jackman story. We'll yeah, be back. There you go. And look at all this time. See, I could have talked. I could have. I had five seconds to talk about Josh Palmer, guys. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Yeah, Look at that. doing the DAC. <laughs> By the way, the fact that that's a thing. It's, uh, CJ Uzoma's is better than Michael Carter's. We're, we're watching video of the Jets. Yeah, Carter's got no, no rhythm. It's a little sad that that's the best highlight from the Jets last night is Michael Carter and CJ Uzoma best doing highlight the DAC dance in the pregame. Uh, best highlight for the Jets since Mark Sanchez went to the AFC title game. Wow. Mm. Wow, Australia hates the Jets. That's what I learned tonight. <laughs> I don't, did you miss a question? I'm just serious. Yeah. Like, right? Because you're here on a green card. You know, who knows how long you're going to stay. <laughs> I, like, did you miss the part at the top of the show yeah. where I mentioned that we got a stupid Chad Pennington jersey on here because literally the big boss is a Jets fan? I got and you that. Just, you just crapped all over the Jets? Yeah, no, I got it. I get it. I mean, yeah, we're going to have to look at that all season. I mean, I'm going to have to. I mean, you're on thin ice. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, I like, you know, you're going to need NBC to, like, help you out with this green card situation to keep you here. And, like, I don't know, you just insult them. The boss's team. I mean, I don't know. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for you. All right. Uh, now it's time for this terrible segment idea that we have called Running Back Kino. By the way, Michael Carter did not play last night. The Dak dance was the most action that we saw. Yeah. Um, from from Michael Carter. That could be we'll, instructive. We'll uh, we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. But let's do this re Running Back Kino. Okay. So uh, if, for those of you watching at home, we've got this Kino board. Have you ever played Kino? Well, no, I found out what Kino was about 14 minutes ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never played Kino either. But from what I understand, it's huge with, like, adults over 65 years old. So the producers, once again, just nailing our target demo. 
I think it's like women over 65 play Keno. <laughs> and so here, you know, as we're trying to, you know, appeal to a younger crowd, you know, people. I think there was a Keno episode in a Better Call Saul kind of episode, but it was in a retirement home. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I've not seen, I've seen Better, I've seen uh, Breaking Bad. I've not yet got to uh, Better Call Saul. I hear it's go. terrific. All right, anyway, so anyway, the idea here with running back Keno is that we're just sort of, we, you, in, in Keno, you get to choose your numbers, yes. I guess. So I'm going to choose my running backs. This is, it's the running back dead zone. It's all these guys that are going in sort of a, you know, sort of mid to late round uh, running backs. And so who, which one of those guys on that board do you want? And I'm going to say Ramondre Stevenson. Mm. I have Ramondre Stevenson ranked ahead of Damian Harris. Wow. Yeah, okay. I, look, so fi- he had five different games last year with 12 or more touches, okay? Mm. Over 75 yards from scrimmage in all of them. 15.8 fantasy points per game. For me, I just think Stevenson's the better running back. He's the more versatile running back. Uh, Damian Harris is a nice player, yep. but he's a north-south runner between the tackles. Ramondre Stevenson is somebody that is going to inherit the James White role automatically with James White retiring. He's yep. the best pass-catching running back on that team. And he's also somebody who's big enough that can go between the tackles. And one of the things that I think Belichick wants to do, and you've seen him do this before, is like a lot of times, you know, you'd watch a Patriots game, you're like, why is Rex Burkhead running up the middle? Yeah. You know, and that, because it got to a point where you knew if LeGarrette Blunt was back there, they were running up the middle. If James White was in there, it was a pass. And so Belichick wants to, like, wants to try to change it up based on who's out there. And Stevenson gives him more versatility in the play calling Whoever's calling plays for the for the Patriots this year, we still don't we still don't know. I, to me, I just feel like Ramondre Stevenson, who if you looked at Week Two in, uh, against Carolina, he was part of their two minute drill. Okay, um, last year he was not a part of the two minute drill. Again, that was always James White. He's going to get all the passing down work and half of the the rushing work. Give me Ramondre Stevenson, not only as a late round sleeper, but give me over. Damian Harris. I'm at running back 29, 88th overall, which are both higher positionally and overall than Yahoo has them. Yeah, Belichick's publicly praising his pass game skills, Stevenson, and he does have that upside to be the first Patriots three-down running back in forever. Corey Dillon? Yeah, Corey Dillon, right? Yeah. I mean, so he's got that upside. But the guy I'm taking first is Naheem Hines. And the reason for this is that okay. I'm thinking about coaching and coaching philosophy. And someone like, say, like Pete Carroll, in his bones, he wants to run the ball. Yep. He wants to run the ball on first down, second down, and then throw on third down. I don't think Frank Reich wanted to be the guy who had the bell cow running back last year in Jonathan Taylor, which is running him constantly. I think that Frank Reich wants to be more diversified on offense. I think that he wants to throw the ball more. I think that... One of the most interesting games of all last season was Colts Bucks, where Frank Reich just threw the ball like 22 times in a row. Yeah. I think that we saw what he wanted to do with Andrew Luck as well. And I think he was just petrified of Carson Wentz. And he was so <laughs> scared at the end of the season. And now you get to enjoy that for this season. Thanks. But look, Naeem nice Hines, thing. I think it's real lessening Taylor's workload, using Hines as a receiver, not running Taylor into the ground so much just taking care of his career a little bit more. So I think there is some scope for Hines to exceed expectations. I, I, I like the call here, especially where he's going, especially if you're in a PPR league or half PPR league, especially obviously he has more value in PPR, but I think he will be used as a receiver more often than not. And listen, if you don't want to take Jay Croucher's word for this, will you at least take Frank Reich's yeah. <laughs> word for it? Because Frank White was given a, a quote and he just said, listen, I don't play fantasy, mm. but if I did, I'd draft Naheem <laughs> Hines this year. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Again, Frank Reich not totally understanding ADP with Jonathan Taylor going number one overall. But I think you were right in that, you know, Hines is going to have a significant role on an offense that we think is going to be pretty good this year. So I like that. Um, I'm going to go with a guy named James Robinson. Yeah. Again, like, we love Travis Etienne. 
But there's two things to consider, right? So, yeah, give me James Robinson. We put a little beer mug there. There we go. It's like it's drunken Kino is what we need. This is what it is. is Kino would be a lot of fun if you could drink it. Phenomenal graphic. It's usually in in bars. Kino is. But, um, look, last year, from weeks three through six, he was the sixth best running back in fantasy last year. Yeah. Again, and that's with Urban Meyer and everything that was going wrong, right? I mean, so, I mean, like, James Robinson – got a lot of touches last year. And I know it's always dicey to use the word touches in Urban Meyer in kind of the same <laughs> sentence. But I'll just say that he was a guy that, on a bad offense, got a ton of work and was really productive. We know two years ago he was fantasy gold. And so now you think about Doug Peterson coming from the Eagles. Think about Jordan Howard or um, Jay Ajaye or Ryan Matthews. R- Ryan Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Doug Peterson likes a multiple running back commi- by committee. And ETN coming off his own major injury, I don't think yep. he wants to run him into the ground. Now, James Robinson is going to slowly come back, right? Uh, Peterson said on August 22nd, I don't think you go full steam ahead. Quote, I think you gradually increase Robinson's reps. You don't want to stress his body, but at the same time, he needs to get enough work where he's possibly ready to go for Washington if that's the case. That is week one. Yep. They're at my commanders. And so, look, James Robinson is currently going 112, mm. running back 42. We know about the talent. If he's healthy enough to be active for week one, you're not starting him week one. No. But having him on your roster, again, I think this is more of a committee. ETN, I get the upside. I think he's explosive. I love Travis ETN. Yep. But where James Robinson is going, I think is really, really interesting. You'll see some Snoop Connor in there to start off. But, yeah, give me James Robinson, who's going in the 13th round. Somebody that has literally been a top five fantasy running back at various points each of the last two seasons, going as running back 42, James. Yeah. Uh, Jay, sorry. <laughs> Call me James Robinson. Uh, it's, look, it's fine. I think with the thing there is that Doug Peterson, no eagle under Doug Peterson ever got 180 carries in a season. It was all timeshare, and James Robinson averaged 4.5 yards per carry, so he's clearly got it. My next guy is Michael Carter, who okay. we saw. Doing the DAC. Doing the DAC. And my thing there is, like, are we sure Brees Hall's the starter? Why is everyone just anointed Brees Hall as the guy who's going to get, you know, the three-down workload? Like, he's not. Michael Carter, I think, has some scope even to be the starter and to get first and second down work and not just be a passing down back. And I think that they are going to run the ball. Like, I don't think they trust any of their quarterbacks, really. I don't think Joe Flacco is going to be let to cook. Like, no one's going to let Joe Flacco cook. They're going to confiscate the chef's hat immediately with Joe Flacco. And so I think that Michael Carter is going to get opportunity. And, uh, and yeah, and early on in the season, he might even outperform Brees Hall. He's going as running back 46, 13. Uh, in the 13th round, I don't understand the Brees Hall. Well, I, I get it. Like the player. I like the player. But, again, we, we've talked about this so many times. Fantasy success comes from talent and opportunity. Yeah. I'm with you on talent for Brees yes. Hall. America, I'm with you on Brees Hall's talent. But I'm not with you on opportunity. I think because of the draft capital, people are assuming Brees Hall is going to suddenly be this, you know, uh, every down back. Mm. And you're like, they're not paying attention to anyone that thinks that. Yep. Again, Michael Carter didn't play last last uh, last night. You know, with the starters resting, yep. he rested. Brees Hall played with the twos. Mm. Brees Hall played with the twos. This is a coaching staff that came from San Francisco. Again, they are all Kyle Shanahan disciples. Multiple running backs. They like a running back by committee. Yep. It is going to be a timeshare between Brees Hall and Michael Carter, behind a bad offensive line that got worse when Makai Becton got hurt. Yeah. So. And a team that we think is going to be down. We still don't know if Zach Wilson's any good. 
And we know what Jack, like we think, like. I think we know he's kind of bad until right. proven otherwise. Until proven otherwise. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, and that may be why the moms like him. They like <laughs> a bad boy. But what we're talking about here is fantasy football. And I'm with you in terms of the ADP for Michael Carter. Again, running back 46. I think you're going to get half. He's going to get the passing down work. And he's going to, um, I think he outperforms his ADP. Yep. Um, my next guy that I am taking here on running back uh, Kino is Raheem Mostert, or as I like to call him, Raheem Must Start. Okay, <laughs> look, he is injuries are a concern. I get that. the the anti the uh, the anti Mostert argument is he can't stay healthy. Uh, great, totally understand that. Um, however, when he plays, he's really good. You think about 2019, 772 rushing yards, eight rushing touchdowns. He was, you know, basically, you know, a double-digit fantasy point guy. You think about that, that title game against Green Bay with, the, you know, the over 200 yards and the four rushing touchdowns. Mostert, you know, Mostert, I have to tell you, is like, to me, somebody that's really interesting because of where he's going, right? Yeah. Uh, he is currently going as running back 47. Yeah. And, and so he comes to, again – Bad injury, but he is somebody that has always been explosive. He comes to Mike McDaniel, who he played for in San Francisco. I don't think – we all like Chase Edmonds. I think Chase Edmonds is, is a value this year. But I actually think Mostert, again, going in the 13th – into the 13th round is really interesting to me. Reunited with, um, with Mike McDaniel. He's a better pass catcher than he gets credit for. Uh, I, I thought that was interesting. So – I think it's going to be a committee. They don't want Chase Edmonds to be an every down back. He's not built that way. And we think this offense is going to be really interesting. And so who gets the goal line carries? I, I think they'll do some interesting stuff at the goal line with Edmonds and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell in terms of like, you know, some sweeps and, um, you know, pitch outs and that kind of stuff. But like when they got to hammer it from, you know, second and goal, I think it's going to be Mostert. And so again, Health is the issue here, but that is baked into his ADP where he's currently going as running back 47. He's not even been drafted at every league. Yep. So give me Raheem Mostert, uh, I think, as an as a upside flyer on an offense that we think is going to be better, reunited with his coach, who has been, when he has been on the field, has been productive. And I think there is a path to him having playing time here. Raheem the dream. Yeah, I think that the thing with, like, he's averaged five yards per carry every season. Yeah. I, does everyone realize that? Like, he's just explosive and dominant. I know a lot of that is Shanahan. But still, just the upside, that's what you're writing at that point. My last guy is Isaiah Pacheco. And okay. I'm writing upside there, too. Very, very sexy. Yes, the very, very sexy. Very sexy, very trendy name. Very trendy. And, look, the reason I'm buying in is simply that I trust Andy Reid with running backs in terms of I don't think there's a team that puts running backs in a better position to succeed down by down in terms of the scheme, in terms of the run blocking. And also, uh, there's a little kind of Antonio Gibson vibe about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, it's just never happened for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Right. And so, look, I don't think that Isaiah Pacheco is going to come in and be like the workhorse back and be the next coming of Jamal Charles or something. But I think there is scope just because of the scheme and because of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think CEH is kind of – I agree with you, by the way. I think he's, he's a fetch player. You ever mm. see Mean Girls, you know, stop trying yeah. to make fetch happen? Yeah. <laughs> stop trying to make CEH happen. Yeah. Stop trying to make it happen. Like, it's right. not going to be – he played – Pacheco played more snaps with the starters. He played 10 yeah. than CEH, who played 8, and Jarek McKinnon 7. I think it's a three-headed monster. I think it is Pacheco, uh, Clyde Edwards-Elair, and Jarek McKinnon. I think yep. it's going to be a three-headed monster there with, uh, with Kansas City. 
I think there's a chance that uh, Ronald Jones, Rojo, doesn't even make this team. Yes. Uh, my only concern on Pacheco, and I don't mind, I mean, where he's going, I mean, he's going as running back 51 on Yahoo, so I don't mind the you know, him being drafted. Like, he's certainly a, a flyer. Seventh-round draft pick, definitely has better measurables than, you know, Darwin Thompson, who's, you know, like, fantasy Twitter is, is the, the anti-Isaiah Pacheco fantasy Twitter is always just like, oh, yeah, remember everyone was excited about Darwin Thompson three mm. years ago, and mm. look how that turned out. Pacheco has better measurables and, and is a different player, just a different skill set, different body type than Darwin Thompson. I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, nervous just because I do think – I don't know that there's going to be one Kansas City Chief running back that has a ton of value because they are so mix and match. Mm. But I think Pacheco's emergence is more a reason to avoid Clyde Edwards-Elair. And yes. I don't mind a flyer on Pacheco. He is certainly a trendy sleeper. Um, uh, you certainly like that. Andy Reid has, um, has had success. By the way, can we get a um, can we get a close up of, of um, my phone here real quickly? Can we can we get that? Can we get a close up of this? Can you guys see this? My my phone, this text. Can you keep coming in? Keep coming in tighter, 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 tighter. So keep going. Focus in. Huh? All right. It just it's a it's just whatever. You're on a you're on a group chain from Matt Casey. Yeah. Big boss, he's the Jets big boss. fan. He's the big guy. Jay, yeah. you're fired. Uh. When we come back, I will have a new co-host <laughs> on the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Chad Pennington sent me back to Australia. Yeah. From the dead. Take a drink. Uh-huh. You've earned it. HR is going to escort you out. <laughs> have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Valid one time on Friday. Set participating McDonald's through 1231.24. Excludes tax. Must update rewards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. There you go. That's a text chain here of the entire staff here. I, I wanted to mention Logan Thomas was activated off the pop, you know, um, and he's worth a late stash. And then, you know, Matt Casey just, again, there's like literally 15 people on this text chain. Yeah. Matt I, Casey, our big boss. Jay, you're fired. I don't think the headline here is, yeah, my visa being terminated and going back to Australia. It's more that you've really pushed hard to get Logan Thomas into the show. I know. <laughs> a, show a show that you're no longer a part of. <laughs> yeah. So there Logan you go. Thomas. It is what it is. HR is on their way. They will escort you out. Do me a favor. Say nice things about me in the exit interview. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I I, it's not yeah. my fault. I tried to yeah. save you. I'll spread the word. I'll tell Australia about Matthew Berry. I appreciate that. Oh, they already hate me because of Crocodile Knee in Los Angeles. <laughs> so anything you can do to help that would be great. 
Uh, all right, so NFC West burning questions, segment three. We're, we're doing this over the next couple of weeks here. We're doing burning questions for each division, one division each day. We'll try to go quickly here. Los Angeles Rams. Uh, how will this backfield be split between Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson? We already know Cooper Cup's going to be awesome. I'm all in on Allen Robinson. Read about that and love hate coming up on Thursday. How will this backfield be split, my friend? Yeah, I don't understand the love for Cam Akers. He was yeah. so agonizingly bad in the playoffs last year. And I know he's coming early off the huge injury, but still, like we just haven't seen it. Daryl Henderson averaged 4.6 yards per carry, and I think he is the guy to target. Cam Akers is going ahead of Elijah Mitchell in drafts right now. I wouldn't be yeah. on board with that. And yeah, I'd be very skeptical of Akers until we actually see his explosion back. And he's dealing with stuff in the preseason too. So I'd be pretty low on Akers. Weeks one through eight, he was the seventh best running back in fantasy. Daryl Henderson was. We've mm. seen him produce at a high level here. The, the dream of Cam Akers is, is, is certainly there. We, we all remember that one game, you know, that, that uh, I think it was Arizona. It was like a Thursday night game, yeah. just had that monster game. Mm. So we all remember sort of that end of the season of his rookie year. But to your point, Daryl Henderson's going as running back 43. Mm. Cam Akers going running back 17. Way and I don't high. think we have enough evidence to suggest that it literally should be like 25 spots apart in ADP at the position. Akers was the worst running back in the league last year when he came back. He's averaging under three yards per carry. Like, he's probably not going to be that bad because of the injury. No, off of the, uh, I mean, him coming back from the Achilles in the same season is just a, like miracle. a, med- a yeah. medical miracle, yes. right? And it takes a while. But just think about, think Saquon had an Achilles, right? I mean, like, think about, like, it, it saps a player's explosiveness. Is Cam Akers still going to be explosive? But more importantly, Henderson and Akers have both dealt with major injuries over the course of their career. And I think McVeigh is just going to want to, like, use both guys. Like, try – he doesn't yep. want one guy to be the guy. This is no longer the Todd Gurley era of the Sean McVeigh offense. I think they want both guys because both guys are productive, and they want both guys to stay healthy. So, I agree with you that I think Cam Akers at current ADP is a bit concerning. Daryl Henderson is a value. Uh, by the way, all in on Allen Robinson this year. He's going to be a top 15 wide receiver. Just trust mm-hmm. me here. Let's move on to the 49ers. How will Trey Lance affect Debo Samuel? Well, I, I think the interesting thing is just like Trey Lance's ceiling in general and then how that ripples across. Trey Lance was 75-1 to 1 to an MVP a few months ago. Now he's 30-1. to 1. He's still shortening. And I think the thing there is that people... Why do you are, think that is? Well, I think it's because Patrick Mahomes, when he won MVP in, what, 2018, he was 50-1 to 1 before the season. The right. next year, Lamar Jackson, he was 60-1. to 1. Right. And so if you're looking for guys in that range... Trey Lance is the guy. And okay. may- maybe it's Jalen Hurts as well. I'm not opposed to that. But Lance, just because we just don't know what he is. He could be anything. And I think that he's going to just be flappy better than Jimmy Garoppolo was last season. And I know there's the concern about his rushing. is going to take away from everyone. But Debo Samuel was taking like slant routes to the house. And that's how he was getting his 80 yards. I think Trey Lance unlocks Debo more as a deep threat. And Debo's production last year... I mean, 1,405 receiving yards in the air, and he missed two games. He was playing hurt in a couple of other games. He got the yards on the ground. Maybe those scale back a little bit. But, yeah, Debo Samuel has the upside to be the number one wide receiver in the game. That's the anti-Debo argument, is that Trey Lance's rushing is going to take away. He's not going to be used as a running back the way he was last year. That There was rumors in the offseason that Debo wanted to get out of San Francisco. But, again... 21% target share mm. last year for Debo Samuel. Just take all the rushing away. The guy still had a north of 20% target share. And 
even if he gets less touches, the touches he gets will be more effective. We've seen this before with rushing quarterbacks, right? Yep. You have to keep a linebacker to spy on the rushing quarterback. So that opens up and you create mismatches and no one creates mismatches on offense for the defense than Kyle Shanahan. Like he's so good at getting his positions in players to have mismatches. So I'm not worried about it. I think Trey Lance is an absolute sleeper this year. Yeah. Love him, love his upside, love the bet on him as a potential MVP. Two things we can be sure of. Kyle Shannon's pretty smart about football. Yeah. And Kyle Shannon has basically bet his career on Trey Lance. That's the thing. It's the institutional incentive there where if Trey Lance was bad and Kyle Shannon's seeing him every day, Jimmy Garoppolo would still be you know, in town and slated to potentially even start. Someone explained to me about why people don't like James Conner. People... People are like, oh, he, he's fragile. Well, he stayed healthy last year. Well, the, the touchdowns. He's so, so much of his, his value comes from touchdowns and the mm. touchdown equity that he has. There's no way that's going to be really going to regress. And I don't believe that to be the case. Last year, the second most carries in goal-to-go situations. Last year, the second most rushing touchdowns in goal-to-go situations. Of running backs with at least 15 such carries last year, his 42.3% conversion rate in goal-to-go, second highest in the NFL. He gets a lot of carries in close, and he converts a lot of carries in close. Make no mistake that uh, this is part of that offense. Since Cliff Kingsbury came to uh, Arizona, this is a team that has been one of the league leaders, okay, in in goal-to-go touches. Each of the past two seasons, the Arizona Cardinals have ranked top four in the NFL, top four, in goal-to-go rushing attempts. They also they are also top five in red zone rushing attempts under Kingsbury the last two years. I, I, James Conner was a sleeper for me last year. Yeah. And the argument I made, you can go back and look at my love-hate preseason last year and you'll see this, is that I said, like, look, last two years ago, Kenyon Drake, Kenyon Drake, the soon-to-be <laughs> unemployed Kenyon Drake. A lot of Kenyon Drake chats today. A lot of, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot yeah, of yeah. Amir Listen, Abdullah. 100%. <laughs> look. Kenny Drake's soon to be unemployed. You're soon to be unemployed. He makes a lot more money than Maybe you. I wouldn't be – if you were – if I were you, I would not be throwing a lot of stones. But the fact is, is the soon to be unemployed Kenyon Drake, two years ago, actually was tied for the NFL lead in Gold Eagle carries. And I was like, that's insane to me, guys. Cliff Kingsbury, for whatever reason, likes to run when he gets in close. Even though he's got – part of it's Kyler Murray, but he likes to give – uh, attempts to the running back when they get in close. And so now James Conner is going to be the guy. He's going to get a ton of rushing touchdowns. I didn't expect 18 total touchdowns, but I expected a lot of touchdowns. Again, it is part of the offensive system. He's really good at it. Health is the only concern on James Conner, but whatever. You grab Daryl Williams and you're fine as an insurance back late in your drafts. Yeah, I think people are just too low on the Cardinals in general. Yes. Their win total's eight and a half. They're an underdog to make the playoffs. They were 11 and six last season and were in the mix for the one seed. Another team that people are very low on in that division, the Seattle Seahawks. The two most interesting fantasy players definitely are Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. You interested in those guys if they fall? Probably not. No. I, right. I don't, okay. <laughs> if, I, if I have to pick one, give me DK Metcalf. I'm as a wide receiver, 22, okay. 51st overall, slightly lower than the consensus on Yahoo. I, I think he'll be fine. He's a big body target. Somebody's got to catch passes in the end zone. It's going to be him. And, and the the, anti, the you know the argument is is that like he was actually productive when Geno Smith was a quarterback last year. Now he scored like three touchdowns in four games. Hard to sustain that touchdown rate. But I want no part of Tyler Lockett. Okay. Love the receiver, wow. great talent. But whether it's Drew Locke or uh, Geno Smith under center, you we're talking about a run heavy offense. It's going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL in terms of scoring points and, and efficiency. The brilliance of Tyler Lockett was because he had this amazing connection with Russell Wilson. Hmm. That's not going to be here this year. Geno Smith and Drew Locke, 
aren't Russell Wilson, newsflash, right? Hashtag analysis. No, thank you. Okay. I'm a little bit higher on Lockett than you, I think. I Why? Think, well, his last start with Geno against, admittedly, Jacksonville, who aren't much. He had 13 targets, 12 receptions, over 140 yards. I think there is some scope for him to be that security blanket because he lines up more in the slot than outside, not as dependent on the deep ball. So maybe Tyler Lockett won't be so bad. You know what? You're, you're on your way out. It's your last <laughs> show. And I like that you just you went out with <laughs> Tyler Lockett and Geno Smith. Yeah, there we go. There you go. We'll see if he makes it to one more segment. Take advantage of our preseason special. Get the Roto-World Draft Guide for just $5. $5 when you use promo code DRAFTGUIDE at checkout on NBCSportsEdge.com slash DRAFTGUIDE. It is last call, and, you know, listen, uh, Jay, it is your last show. It has been a good run. We've yeah. enjoyed having you on the happy hour. Uh, so I'm going to, you know, it's kind of a, of a farewell present. I'm going to mm. ask for your uh, for a pick from you. NFL Coach of the Year odds, again, for people that don't know, you are the head trader at points bet. Yes. This is your job. You set the lines for points bet. Thank God you didn't quit that job. <laughs> Thank God you – because you have young children. Safety net. Yeah, yeah. safety net. Want mm. you to – you know, I'd hate for your, your kids to go hungry, be taken from you. You know, that would be a sad story. Like, very grim. Us, right. <laughs> us here at the happy hour, absolutely. We are, we are pro-children staying with their parents. Just yes. I want to be clear on that. Yes. Controversial position. Uh, all right, so uh, Coach of the Year odds, what are you thinking? So this is my favorite bet. Your favorite oh, futures bet. Futures bet for the NFL season is Dan Campbell, the coach of the Detroit Lions, to win Coach of the Year at plus 1,400. And here's why. All right. It's similar to the Baker Mayfield comeback player of the year, which I like as well. Sure. The Lions right now are plus 310 to make the playoffs. You're telling me that if the Detroit Lions the most insipid franchise in North American sports, if right. they make the playoffs, the Dan Campbell, who is beloved, who wears T-shirts that say anti-fragile. You're right. telling me Mr. Anti-Fragile is not going to win Coach of the Year if he leads yeah. the Lions to the playoffs? And the thing with this is that, one, I think the Lions are just going to be better than last year. I think they've got upside. They're going to be healthier. The offensive line is fine. And when you keep Jared Goff clean, he's fine. And so I think that there is definitely scope for them to make significant improvement and the thing with this award is that if you look at the previous winners, guys like Kevin Stefanski, it was Mike Vrabel last year, it was Matt Nagy, uh, much of the chagrin now of Chicago yeah. Bears fans, Sean McVay, and their quarterbacks were you know, Jared Goff, Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield. Coach of the Year goes to coaches who don't get credit stolen by elite quarterbacks. That's why Matt LaFleur will never win this award. He's going to have right. to go 17-0 to ever win this award. Jared Goff steals no credit from Dan Campbell. So if the Lions do well, Campbell will get the credit. If he takes them to the playoffs, I think he's like a 50-50 chance to win the award. That would make him more in the plus 700 range. They absolutely love him in Detroit. I don't know if you saw, it was a video going around on uh, Twitter where the, where, you know, the guy had to sing Billie Jean, right? No. You know, they're, they're, no. um, and, uh, and so the entire Detroit Lions, and I'm forgetting the player now, so I apologize, but um, uh, he was singing Billie Jean. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Oh, right. It was the rookie. Aiden Hutchinson. Makes sense. Okay. Sorry. I just blanked on it for a second. But um, uh, you, whatever. You, you drink for an hour. Like, you know what I mean? You're an old man and you drink for an hour. Like, you forget stuff. I barely know my name. Anyway, Aiden Hutchinson sings Billie Jean. And the entire, uh, the entire Detroit Lions team starts clapping along, getting into it. And what I took from that 
Jay, other than it was like a fun video and everything like that, Dan Campbell has that team mm. so tight. Like, they have all bought in. Yep. Like, you know, we can joke about biting kneecaps and everything like that, but that is a team. Like, it is hard to turn around a franchise that has had that much losing, mm. uh, and they are all bought in. Yep. And so the concern is can they make the playoffs because it's a tough division. Yep. Uh, but uh, I'm with you in that he is a media darling. Yep. They have all bought in. They believe that there are some nice uh, weapons there in Detroit, and yes, like the, the Coach of the Year award is always so skewed. Like, it's a Belichick, narrative. Belichick should have won it every year yes. for like a decade, and he yep. never does because it's all about expectations. And so if you're expected to be good, no one cares. Yes. Everyone thinks the jo- Detroit Lions are terrible. Yep. I kind of like Doug Peterson also as a, as a bet here, but yep. I agree with you because uh, I do think the Jaguars are going to be a lot better. And yep. So I, I, I think Peterson is interesting to me, but – I like the Dan Campbell call. Yeah, it's a narrative-driven award. And there's like a Remember the Titans type of vibe yes. to this team. That's what That's this award call. is all about. It's about narrative. And if he leads them with his anti-fragile shirt, with the singing, with everything, it's a story. And that's right. why I think that he'll be right in position if they make the playoffs, which, look, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but it's not a 100% chance they don't make the playoffs. No. It's like a 20% chance. By the way, and even if they, if, they, you know, if they get to eight wins, like there's a shot that he gets, yes. he gets the award. Again, at plus 1,400, you like the bet to make there. Jay, it has been a pleasure and an honor <laughs> to do two shows with you. I don't know who is going to be my co-host tomorrow. Please tune in. Uh, this show is available on demand on the NFL on U- uh, NBC YouTube channel, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we debuted at number one on iTunes. Thank you so much to everyone. Please like, subscribe, give us five stars. It helps a lot. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for the support. It means tremendous amount to me, not to Jay. He's gone. But uh, God bless you all. Peace out. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.